and welcome to Human Leadership, a podcast full of science-backed and practical knowledge and insight, designed to help anyone who leads people unleash the human talent we need for the next era of work. I'm Suzanne Jacobs, an organisational behaviour and performance expert who's worked as part of senior leadership teams for over 30 years and conducted more than a decade of research into the neurobiological drivers of intrinsic motivation and trust. In each episode of Human Leadership, I'll take you through what you'll need to make your workplace human fit. And to help me along the way, I have roped in my sister, Chloe, a brilliant educationalist who also knows just a thing or two about leadership. And together, we'll guide you through everything you need to know to become a better human leader. In this episode, we're going to talk about the concepts of growth and learning. As we do so, we'll look at why we're not very good at giving feedback, the things that get in the way of creativity and learning, and the ways we can create space for growth. Hi, Chloe. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. It's absolutely freezing here. Mind you, we've had a bit of snow settle, which is good. Uh, homeschooling still still going on. I have to say, oh my goodness, hats off to every teacher on this planet. They must be exhausted. Yeah, I'm not surprised. All that planning. Yes, it's it's um, it's a minefield, but we're going to get through it. It's, uh, it's going to come to an end. Yeah, you're so right. It, it will end. It certainly will. Now... This episode is all about growth and learning. Something so close to my heart has been the focus of my whole career. So why is this such an important aspect to human leadership? Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. I mean, we're, we are literally um, born to adapt and, and, of course, grow, but not just physically, but just always in our knowledge and our ability. And it's all driven by our curiosity and, and the reward we get from novelty, um, development, and, and actually the anticipation of, of outcome. In fact, we're rewarded more for the anticipation of what's to be than, than the end result most of the time. Um, but the thing is, we're, we're put on this earth in this unfinished state. We're, we're obviously absolutely reliant on a caregiver for our survival, but unlike unlike most mammals or men, all mammals out there actually we don't just we don't just get up and start walking around um in fact our brains don't even fully mature until we're in our early 20s and our curiosity our ability to adapt and create is something that we retain all the way through our lives and it's a massive advantage to us but of course also for our businesses and arriving in this immature state, I mean, it carries tons of risks, obviously, but it also carries masses of advantage. And it means that we can adapt to any environment that we're, we find ourselves in. So the one that we're born into. Um, but what we do is we grow and adapt to the environment. We learn the social norms. We learn the ways to survive, what's safe, what's not. And 
of course, most of this development happens in our really early years, but we never lose this adaptive ability. So if you move schools or jobs or, or, or relationships, uh, countries even, we, we can shift our behaviour and our perception. And this is something that's so critical because it's innate to us. It's something that we carry around with us. And we're in this fourth era of work. Um, and while so many of the roles out there are changing with these vast technological advances, this new innovation age needs these innate human skills, these skills for creativity and cognitive flexibility, skills that we absolutely have to leverage if we are going to sustain our businesses and, and of course, thrive as well. We need our natural ability to be able to innovate, create, invent, adapt. But in order to be able to really tap into them, we've got to be working and living within the right environment, uh, the right conditions. And actually that, going back to your question, why is this so important to human leadership? It's because human leaders understand and they really know how to create the conditions for learning. It's something that is so dear to my heart it's it's the environment for learning that I try to create in my classroom all the time and if it's there with the safety aspect the challenging aspect the questioning aspect you you've you've got a minefield of of adaptation and learning and growing within that it's it's so important um I know one of your big bugbears about management is feedback and how it's given. You think we're not very good at it. Why not? Yeah, it is one of my bugbears, definitely. Um, the, the thing is, is that human beings, we're just not good raters of other human beings. We've got to, we've just got to face up to this fact. And, and I think really, we've just got to sort of get over it. The thing is, we judge and rate others from our own view and the model of the world, which is, you know, by default, that's biased and subjective. Um, so the so-called feedback that we give others is much more of a reflection of us than it is of the other person. Now, that's a, that's definitely one to get your head around, that I'm giving you feedback and it's telling you more about me. So actually, let me, let me, um, let me ask you. So... Tell me, Chloe, what do you think or feel when you hear someone say, can I give you some feedback? Oh, to, to be honest, a negative connotations, there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So immediately your threat circuitry is triggered. Um, I, I work with some amazing colleagues and, and one of my closest colleagues, has always said, if you've got something nice to say, you don't ask permission. So it's a really interesting one, is it? Just those words have already put us into that threat, that Kindle threat um, effect. And the way that we've been taught to provide feedback, you know, as leaders, just they just don't work. And I think probably the most known one out there, most known technique is um, or method uh, on which uh, actually. Uh, both leaders and the recipients choke is the good old sandwich method. So um, it's the it's sort of good, the tough stuff, and then finished off with the good stuff. Um, but I just want to show you and demonstrate this. So 
Chloe, um, let's just pretend you've given a presentation or, or something along those lines. And I say to you afterwards, Chloe, can I give you some feedback? Um, that was a great presentation. What word are you expecting? Oh, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, or the, or the, the other one is, is however. Now, I gave you some good stuff before the but or the however. What's happened to it? Well, to be honest, I'm I'm waiting for the but, so I don't know whether I would have heard it or I might have forgotten it, to be honest. Yeah, no, but it, 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 that's exactly it. That's that's the thing. So we we try to build up. We're on, on our tenterhooks waiting for the bad stuff. Some good stuff arrives at our door, but actually what happens is that as soon as the but happens, it's it's the good stuff's deleted. It, it's gone. It, it flies away because actually our brain – has narrowed narrowed our whole attention onto what's about to happen that you know narrowing on the on the threat so we don't retain that positive and nor do we even notice the positive at the other end should it be given you know the other side of the sandwich um so again sort of picking up on that do, do you have you experienced a meeting or um I don't know, appraisal or, or anything, you know, feedback wise where, I don't know, maybe you had a load of great stuff, but you had a negative sentence in there and, and that was what lit up the danger signals. Yes, absolutely. As a, as a teacher, you're observed all the time, um, just to make sure that all is going well. And, um, I did one particular lesson that was observed. It uh, went very well, I must say. And um, I was very pleased with it because my experiment actually worked. Um, the observer said it was a wonderful lesson, fantastic, um, a lot of learning taking place. And then she said, um, but you could have cued differently. And it was that, but uh, you could have cued differently. It was like, sorry and it it almost went out and yes so yes I have and it, uh, that's all I thought about yeah so that that so that sentence the queuing sentence after the well you know her, her saying it was all good did you carry that sentence around with you how, how long did it how long did it last <laughs> to be honest um I carried around with me for about a week until I actually went back to see her to to find out what she meant um because I was intrigued as to understand her comment because everything was great as far as I could work out and she'd said. Um, and and just to, to find out what she meant, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that thing. The thing is, is that we, we have a negativity bias and really useful that our brain narrows everything onto a threat or even the potential of a threat. And the, the trouble is, you know, that's great for physical survival, but in, in the workplace, deleting all that good stuff and then leaving us with a circling or a spiraling, that that 1% of an entire meeting just spins around in your head. Um, uh, let, me, let me see if this would work differently. So if she'd said to you, Chloe, that was, that was brilliant. That was a great lesson and giving you some specifics. And then instead of but, she said, and to make it even stronger, had you thought about a different way of queuing? Do you think that would, what, what, what do you think the impact would have been on you? Oh, 
massive. That would be completely different because at that point we would have had a conversation about it and justified different ways and means as to what she meant. And I could then go through why I had done what I'd done. That, yes, that, that wouldn't, that would have avoided the stewing. And it did, and that actually would have changed it completely if she'd done that. Because at the end, I also felt when she'd left that it was also a bit, she felt she had to say something. So she said everything was went well. And then that but sentence about queuing, it just didn't, it felt like it didn't fit and felt, I've got to say something like this. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that can that can happen so often. We've got to be so careful when we're providing information and observation back to, to others. We've got to be really careful because sometimes feedback can represent our need to reinforce our status. I mean, it's, it's often unconscious. Um, there is so much value in a full stop. Chloe, that was a great lesson because da-da-da-da-da, full stop. So it's, you know, growth and learning are about creating a safe space for trial, error, reset and retrying. Um, we, we need to, obviously, we need to be able to provide instruction. We need to provide observation. We provide information that supports the learning process, but it needs to be given in a brain safe way. At the and, actually, instead of the buts, replacing it with and, which often feels quite grammatically incorrect is part of the brain safe tool that's given uh, that really works about how to give um, shall we call it feedback it's um, it's detailed in the the ebook that accompanies this but it's it's as a human leader helping another person to grow is is it's just not it's not only a gift but the return on taking the time and doing it in a safe way is an enabled team. Um, and I think as, as leaders, we're there to create the conditions for the talent that we have around us and in our teams to surface and to be able to really thrive. And I also want to make a, a point here that it isn't just all about giving the positive. It is about providing sometimes some pretty difficult messages. We need to mitigate, of course, against the risk of, of error um, and support things when go, things go wrong, but it's part of our human limitation. We we will make mistakes because otherwise we will never learn. But you know, giving difficult messages can be done in a brain safe way. They can be done in the right way with respect. It does take creating safety, but it also takes, from a leadership standpoint, courage, clarity, and no buts. Yeah, I totally agree. I love this idea. Um, as a teacher, I, I I give, yes, the word feedback. I give feedback to essays, to answers, etc. all the time. And building on the strength of what the student already written down would have been better than going, but. And I put my hand up to it. That That's just wonderful. Um, so, yes, feedback is a big issue. But you think there are other things too that get in the way of creativity and learning. Yeah, no, loads. I mean, there's so much of what I see in the workplace. It's so much about um, what's called convergent thinking. You know, it's the solving known problems with with known solutions. Um, and, and a lot of group think, which is really around replicating the same as everybody else is thinking around you. 
As social creatures, we do seek to fit in and belong. So standing outside of the crowd, if, if, if you like, can be really hard. But without doing so, without coming up with different views and different opinions, we only ever end up getting sort of stuck and going round in, in circles. It's, it's actually why diversity within any group is such a massive catalyst for innovation. As long as the group has real trust, and as, and as part of that trust, of course, is it's absolutely genuinely inclusive, those different views, the backgrounds, the experiences, and that the different ways of thinking about um, a challenge or a problem or a progression is that's how light bulb moments um, are really switched switched on. And and also the other aspect that really stifles creativity is is fear. And there is so much of how we have set up our organisations that are, are sort of on a fear base. There's the fear of not getting it right, of being different. And of course, there's so much around the calculation of the types of rewards that we get and the performance metrics on which we're measured, which actually, just as an aside there, when we use um, performance metrics and performance ranking systems, which sort of set us against each other, is a process that always injects threat threat to our sense of relative position. But this, this sort of fear-based system unintentionally set up which creates threats are based so often on meeting short-term targets rather than about truly testing the system to make it better for the long term. Because the thing is, creativity doesn't happen in a vacuum. It needs space and it needs safety. We can, as I said before, we can mitigate against risk, but at the same time, we can embrace the learning we gain from error. Um, it always reminds me of the fascinating research that's been done in the aviation industry that, um, I mean, it's a kind of very long, really fascinating story around some pretty major disasters that led the whole of the industry to bring in a system back in the um, 80s, actually, that encourages all cabin crews and pilots to log, to log every error. And this is not for recrimination. This is around a mindset for safety and learning. Because when you think about it, flight safety is every single airline's first priority. So the ability for them to be able to systematize the path from error to learning has, it's literally saved lives. And they have used this as part of a process on, on checklists and manifestos. Again, as I say, since the 1980s, that really looks and understands that there are human limitations, particularly, particularly when we're facing danger. So one of the most important things for me, and, and I know that you use this a lot, Claire, I'd love to have your input on this actually, in terms of learning and growing, then it's not static. I mean, Carol Dweck, probably one of the most famous um, psychologists in this field of Stanford University, she, she's shown that people often hold one of two implicit theories about human growth and learning, either sort of the fixed um, mindset, as she, she terms it, which holds that intelligence and talent are basically established at birth and they just remain the same throughout our lives. 
The growth mindset, on, by contrast, though, it holds that people learn and grow and improve all their lives, which we know to be implicitly correct. We know we keep growing and keep adapting. And there's such a huge difference between what we can't do and what we can't do yet. Oh, massively. I I, I totally agree. And I... I... Obviously, throughout education, students will make mistakes, but I love mistakes. Um, and I try really hard for them to understand the word mistakes is actually a really positive thing because it's a learning opportunity and find out what they do and don't know. And then going on to that point about Carol Dweck, the fantastic research that she's actually done, that word yet is so, so important to enable them with the motivation of, yes, I haven't got there and I haven't got this yet, but that's yet, I will do, I can do it. It's uh, it's the classic, isn't it, the classic saying, there's those that can do maths and those that can't. And putting that to, to Carol Dweck, it's the fixed mindset, that learned helplessness of, no, I can't do it. What's two plus two? No, it's maths, I can't do it. And trying to make that from I don't want to make a mistake, I don't want to look silly, um, into a positive learning environment and using that word yet and building those blocks for learning, I think is so imperative. And I use the word yet all the time, all the time. So with all of these things in mind, how can space be created for growth? The key here really is that we need to examine how, how we learn and grow um, and, and as I say, throughout all of this, you know, the art of human leadership is about truly understanding the conditions that the human being needs for for motivation, creativity, for growth, for learning. So we need to really examine how we therefore create that within our organisations, um, how we establish the safe place for really what is experimentation and exploration to encourage divergent thinking, you know, to seek a a mindset and courage to solve unknown problems with yet unknown solutions. It's sort of that entrepreneurial mindset. And we actually, do you know what, we actually need to play more at work. Because play, and again, tons of research around this, is play is part of human learning, fundamentally part of human learning. It's fun with purpose. It's um, and actually, it's why children as young as five outstrip MBA students on building a tower made simply of spaghetti and, and marshmallow. It's, it's a really famous experiment. You can look it up. Look in marshmallow and spaghetti. Um, it's an experiment that's been run, I mean, literally hundreds of times, first by um, Peter Skillman, and then it's been adapted by Tom uh, Wujek. Ultimately, the thing is, it, the, the name of the game is just the ta- tallest tower wins, but MBAs approach it. They, they want to plan their way to the optimal, the sort of the right first time outcome. And then when they've sort of got it and they planned it all, then they execute on their plan. Children do something so different and something that we really need to to grab hold of. Um, They simply uh, experiment. Instead of wasting time trying to establish who's in charge or or make a plan, 
they just experiment over and over again until they find a model that works. Now, we label that as play. You imagine that in terms of true innovation. It's it's the it is breaking that known problem illusion or, or conundrum. The thing is, planning to us feels like progress, but it's it's also an illusion when we're facing ambiguity and the need for for real adaptation when we don't actually have the answers. You know, there are many things where we have the solutions for for known challenges. There's also right now in this era of work, we've got so much that we need to, you know, innovate and adapt. And we really need an experimentation mindset so that we can fail efficiently. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Human Leadership in your podcast app. And if you have time, leave us a review or give us a rating. If you'd like to find out more about the subjects we discussed in this episode and access all the proven tools, you can do so in the little book of growth and learning. Part of the Human Leadership series of eBooks available through my website, the7.org.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch with me about any of the subjects, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email using Suzanne at the7.org.uk and that's Suzanne with an S and not a Z.